did have it about the time when the... Do you believe uh, it around his behind us, Well, I, I, I don't know, but the fact is, it looks, like they they are. it looks like there's... You want to know like what they, they do? It's an act of war. Give you the last word. And they yield their sovereignty to do. Wiretaps won't change that. An act of war. It's an act of war. So the United States does what? take whatever action it deems appropriate. Disproportionate response. Ever needed. If we find out they did that, we're going to have to get tough. Bombs are running. We're going to have to get tough. Senator Hatch, Senator Biden, thank you both. Thank you. We'd like to return to this subject sometime when we know more about it. Thank you very much. <laughs> so would we. Pleasure to have you back. Well, little column A, little column B. First of all, I just want to tell you what a great show you got. I listen to you all the time. Thank you, thank you. What do you want to talk about? Hey, did I tell you guys I got a goat? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today. Most of them are far beyond our control, you might say. So perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life and thought about the laws of gravity. Iranian generals, congressional outrage, celebrity tweets, football, dafyami, politics, and or the news. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. Well, what you have to say about the demise of the Iranian general pretty much says more about you and your politics than it does about the actual event. It all comes down to a question of implied powers. Are there any? If so, is taking out a terrorist allowed? And if there aren't any, why do we allow presidents to do it? Let alone the ones that we like as well as don't like. What else is new? Am I right? Here's how you get all of me. The text machine is area code 209-565-DAVE. 209-565-3283. Email Dave at thedavebowmanshow.com. And of course, uh, we're on the web. Just look for The Dave Bowman Show on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and at thedavebowmanshow.com. Ego Biberi Capula said, Olive Vivera, if I drink coffee so that others might live, you might notice that I am not drinking coffee right now. There's a very specific reason for that. And this is the first new show of the year, and we've started... Uh, Adding stuff to it. Rod Bo, welcome to the show. Good to have you with me, man. Been a long time. Good been a long time. Been a long time. It's uh it's 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 uh something we're gonna add to the show. Rod Bo's gonna hang in and, and, and hang in and hang around and chit chat with us. And uh for those of you who don't know who he is, go back to the um what was it? The Ale of Angelus. The Ale of Angelus show, that's yeah. right. The Ale of Angelus show was was where Rod Bo uh, kind of got his start with uh, with the Scotsman, and you guys were uh, fun-loving, and yeah. what's the word for it? Fun-loving and sarcastic. And oh, yes. The, uh, and, uh, oh, and the biggest fans in the world of the state of Jefferson. Oh, yes, we were. The make-believe state of Jefferson. That's <laughs> <laughs> make-believe beer festival. Anyway, Rod Bo's going to be hanging around and uh, chiming in as, as is appropriate. It's welcome to the welcome to 2020. I almost said 2019 again. It's 2020. Um, I did take a couple of weeks off, and uh, I had all these plans for things I was going to do. I was going to fix this and repair that, and I was going to rearrange this. And you know how much of it I got done in round numbers? Not a clue. None of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we got hit with the plague. Uh, we, we, we had this bright idea. So it was it Christmas week. I think I was supposed to week work quite a bit and, uh, we got hit with the, so we'd gone to Port Townsend Monday morning. I don't remember right before Christmas and about, so we left in the morning. We got, we got there around noon and around noon, I just started feeling like, I don't feel good. 
we better go home. And it's about a 30-minute, 40-minute drive home. So by the time we got home, I knew I wasn't doing well. I laid down for a minute, and then Ben needed me to fix something on the Xbox. And as soon as I stood up, it was like, oh, this is not good. And it, so it started with me, then it got Cammy, then it got Ben, and this is like this domino effect three days before Christmas. And, ugh, it was nasty. That actually sucks. <laughs> it, uh, well, it actually blew chunks is what it did. Oh, right? uh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm glad I ate already. <laughs> yeah, me too. So there was that, and then uh, just the truck died. The, the So the, you know, I've had, I got the, the, the Chevy, the 2007 Chevy truck. Yeah. It's driving me insane because Chevy, other Chevy owners will know this, but the pass lock system that Chevrolet has invented to prevent people from stealing your truck prevents you from actually starting your own truck after X amount of time. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. And so you have to, you start it and it locks out and you have to wait 10 minutes for it to decide, Oh, this is the right guy. So even if you're a thief and you're trying to steal a Chevy truck, all you got to do is wait 10 minutes and try again. (laughs) And if it doesn't work that time, then you got to do it three times. So it's 30 minutes. So this thing has been going on and on and on. And I finally said, you know, I have had my truck for 12 years. I finally said to my, my cousin, I said, you know, there's, there's a workaround. And the workaround is to bypass the, the pass lock system by starting to cut wires. But people don't like to do that because then it affects the resale value. I'm like, the truck is 12 years old. It has no resale value. Yeah, and there's not much resale value no. left after that. Plus, it's got a big dent in the side and big dent in the, the top where my daughter climbed on it. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to cut the wire. So I went out there to start it to cut the wire in the rain, of course. And it's pouring rain. And so I go out there, start it, and the battery gave up the ghost. So now I'm wondering, is maybe it was just the battery is bad and the, the thing, you know, if it doesn't have the right voltage... Who knows? So now I got to pay the battery, got to buy the battery, but I can't buy the battery because at the same time that happened, the heat in the house went out. It's yeah. Just, it's just an I igniter. I know how that is. Yeah, it's just an igniter. That's all it is. But the screws for this igniter are, you know, this kind of tiny, tiny thing that I can't see. So I can't get to it. And of course, the guy, the repair guy can't get here for a week. So it's like, oh, geez, what else are you going to do? And so that was my vacation. That was my two weeks off of this. I think I did the last show on the 19th or something. and Something like that. From from that day forward, that's what I've been. If I'm not sitting here just, you know, twiddling my thumbs or out driving or whatever, that's what I'm pretty much doing. Makes sense? Makes total sense. Mm. That, that's what I do. Yeah, but. I, I had to work, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you got to, you, I mean, I have a job, but it's not a, I yeah. count it as a real job. I just do it to get out of the house. And although it is fun, I, driving the truck is, is kind of cool, but nobody really yeah. depends on me. You know? <laughs> well, actually, we depend on grocery delivery services quite a bit now. So, I mean. They're nice. I tell you, yeah. people, people are surprised by it, but it's actually, a, if you're a busy person and you hate going to the grocery stores. It's a, it's a nice yeah. thing to have have me pull up there in that truck and go, here's your groceries. Of course, we just changed from the January 1st. We did away with the plastic bags. You can't use plastic bags anymore. Oh, welcome to California. Yeah. So <laughs> so there's that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, 
think I've made a mistake here. I don't have coffee, which is killing me. And the reason I don't have coffee is because we're doing this at night. Yes. And I have enough time. I have a really hard time sleeping already as it is. So I just didn't think having coffee and I hate decaf. So I wasn't about to drink any coffee tonight because then I would never get to sleep. So I've got my giant bottle of water, which will water. And anyway, so those are the changes that have happened. Welcome to Rodbo. You see him right there. I'm, I'm trying to point the right way. He's right there behind my thumb. Uh, so we got him. We got a new logo that my my child did for me. You like the logo? It is awesome. Yeah, she did that on uh, on a wood thing. It's wood burned. So we got a new logo. Okay. We got, um, what else do we got? All kinds of ideas. There's some things I want to change uh, with regards to the show. I had a long conversation with Mike Bennett, the Millsurp writer over the, over the holiday break about, because I, I, I really came that close. I, I really did, Rod. I came that close to just saying, it's time to let it go. And his words to me were, you cannot let it go. Don't let it go. And that's, you know, so yeah. he talked me out of it. And then almost as soon as he talked me out of it, you and I started talking and mm-hmm. put here we are. Ta-da. Anything you want to add to that? I mean, that's, that's, that's my break and how we got to where we are. No, no, not really. I mean, it was uh, a fortuitous opportunity for me actually to uh, start up that conversation. And I'm, you know, I miss you being away, actually being a, a listener. And so this is a, an outstanding opportunity that uh, we have to discuss right. things, important matters. Right. So that's what's going to that's what's going to be different. Now, obviously, most shows we won't have all this pre-show banter kind of thing. But being the first show back will be a little bit long today and we'll we'll do that. Um, Probably not going to do more than two shows a week anymore. It's just it's just there's just not time. Uh, It's there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. And um, I don't know how your life is, but (laughs) I know between work, my wife's work, we got more people in this house now that we know what to do with. It really has become uh, not a burden. I wouldn't call. I would never call it a burden, but it has become more difficult. So, mm-hmm. so a couple of shows a week is the is the probable idea here as we go forward from this. And uh, Rod, you prefer Rodbo or Rod? I guess I should. You, ask. Can, you can call me Rod. Oh, okay. I just yeah. Rodbo is the character from the Ale Evangelist. Yeah, <laughs> which is stuff so if you haven't heard if, now they haven't done it when you guys quit doing that you quit doing that last year right it was uh yeah it's like a little yeah. over a year and so it's sad but uh you know the scotsman got really busy he got uh, religious is what he got yeah, yeah. he did <laughs> so and it was i i the conversation he and i had about that anyway so they they had to put that on the shelf and anyway not because he doesn't I, I joke. I'm joking, Chris. Don't come unglued about the religious thing. But speaking of religion, um, this past week was the start of what we in the world of Judaism called the called the uh, Dam Yafi or the Daf Yami. I always get it backwards. I like Dam Yafi, but it's Daf Yami, which is the the Talmudic study. It is a for those of you not familiar with how we do things. We study things in series. So, for example, the Torah has a portion each week. The Torah, the Old Testament, the the, the Pentateuch, as, as Christians would call it. And we'll take a chunk of that. And so, for example, this week is the death of jo- of, of uh, Jacob, Isaac. 
which would, whichever one is Joseph's dad. I get him mixed up every now and then. Anyway, it's it's that where he makes him he makes Joseph promise that they'll take him out, and that's the way we do that. We do literally the same thing with the Talmud. Now the Torah takes about a year to go through. There's actually two different ways to do it. You can do it in a three-year cycle or a one-year cycle. Most people do the one-year cycle, and so it takes about a year to go through that. The Talmud is a little bit different because it's so massive. Uh, it takes seven years to go through the Talmud. So, and it's not a weekly thing, right? It's a daily thing. <laughs> so that's a commitment. Each day you get a page that looks like that, and it's for those of you who aren't. Jewish. I'm going to try to explain this as best I can. And for those of you who are Jewish, forgive me, because I'm trying to oversimplify things. Remember that I grew up as as in the Christian church, and so I was actually a Christian pastor for a while. And so there's this tendency to describe Judaism, particularly rabbinical Judaism, as very pharisaical, right? I mean, it's if you were to go out and talk to me, they're Pharisees, and that that word Pharisee actually has come to mean hypocritical in in traditional speaking language nowadays. It's 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 nothing could be further from the truth, but that's one of the misinterpretations of things. But how did they get to that point? Well, they got to that point because of of, of this thing, that thing right there. Now that's written in Hebrew, so you're not gonna really follow it here, but were you to actually see and, and, and actually understand, you know, what's on that page, mm-hmm. you would be a little, I don't want to call it surprised, but you might be somewhat um, confused by the whole thing. I will tell you that right now. That is actually an argument. It is the first argument in the Talmud, and it is an argument over whether or not you say the Shema, the prayer that we give, at sundown or at any point before you go to sleep between the time the stars come out and the time you fall asleep. You follow what I'm saying? That's a quite a long time. Big difference. Can be. Now, remember, in biblical times, it wasn't so much. And the whole thing is just a giant argument about what does that mean? What does it mean when you lie down and when you, when you rise up? That's 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 literally all it, 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 it. That's literally the argument. If you if you follow what I'm saying here, I lost sure. Rodbo. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's going to take me time to get used to this. Okay. <laughs> okay. But that's literally the argument, and and it doesn't matter what you're talking about in Judaism, whether you're talking about divorce laws or, um, you know, pick anything you want to talk about, and. This is where that argument, this is where that idea that Judaism is just full of arguments comes from. And the arguments seem minuscule. You follow what I'm saying? They, they, um, who cares whether it means at, when you can see three stars or four stars or whether it means when you fall asleep? It's kind of immaterial. It seems that way, yes. And, and, and that's the, the typical response to it is you're just arguing for the sake of arguing. You know, two Jews, three opinions. Sure. But if you if you really take the time to get into it and you really take the time to study it and follow it, what you learn is there's there's a logical path to this argument. And they're using absurd situations to to illustrate some of that. 
which makes sense. I mean, how often does Rush Limbaugh say that? Using the absurd to to make things understandable. And so there's an element to that. But it drives me nuts because I am one of those people that hates you work in a place where they have meetings, no doubt, right? We're going to have a meeting about this. Yes. But before you can talk about this, you have to talk about what every person in the room thinks about that over there that relates tangentially to this before you finally get to this, which literally occupies about a tenth of the meeting's time. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do. You've been there, right? I've been there. Meetings, uh, yeah. They suck. Meeting hell. Well, the Talmud in many ways is the same thing. It's It takes you a long time to get to this understanding that what it really means is the Shema, the prayer, should be the last thing you think about before you go to sleep and the first thing you think about when you get up. It's really that simple. But we got to dedicate at least four pages of this thing, which are, you know, tiny print to this whole concept and these whole arguments. And we, I swear to God, there's actually an exemplar story, an illustrative story. Uh, You know, I went to seminary and they tell you, use illustrations. There's illustrations in here about, some rabbi that goes into a deserted building, a, 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 a building that's falling down to pray because it's dark. It's getting dark. And he doesn't want to pray on the road because he's afraid if he stays out on the road and prays, people will disturb him. And, and that leads to an argument about whether or not you should go into buildings that are about to collapse down because it's dangerous, dummy. The thing could fall down on you. Yeah, but that's not even the most dangerous thing. What if there's a woman in there? And people start talking. And it sounds like arguing with my kids. It is. It it's is. The what if? And then it gets into well, what if there's demons in there? Oh yeah. I'm not making this up. Okay, it's there. All of this detracts from the real discussion, and that's the problem with arguing about these kinds of things. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that it gets away from the actual ideas of what's going on. So I, I'm a football guy. I don't, I don't, I think you are. I am. But you're one of those, uh, you're one of those yeah, people. Uh, Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday during, during one of the games, this happened. Jadavian Clowney hits Carson Wentz. And from what I understand, I haven't actually seen it, but from what I understand, Philadelphia fans who are noted for being a little passionate about things, um, are are sending death threats to Jadavian Clowney for hitting Carson Wentz and knocking him out of the game. And well, that's kind of our outrage culture, though, of the day. I mean, it's it's the extremes. It, it is. But the point of this is that Philadelphia is furious. They're tweeting some of their writers, sports writers today tweeting about this would be an ejection in a college game. In the NFL, it's not even a penalty. And they're furious about that. In Seattle, which is relatively near, I live 12 miles from Seattle, even though it takes three hours to get there. Um, the reaction is somewhat different. The reaction is, well, he wasn't trying to hit him. If the referee didn't call it a penalty, it must not be a penalty. But what if it was reversed? What if that was Russell Wilson and some Philadelphia Eagle laying on top? Do you think the reaction would have been the same? It would have been the same. It would have yep. been reversed. The Seattle fans would be, it's just like what happens in in. New Orleans. Now, I have to caveat this by saying that I detest the New Orleans Saints. I, 
there are a few teams in sports that, I mean, I hate the Raiders, but I accept them for what they are. The, the Saints, I just, I, they, I hate the Saints. And, and I have taken great joy the last three years in seeing the way every year their season ends because their idiot coach does something stupid and it costs his team. Well, they uh, they lost that game to the Falcons, which meant they had to play the Vikings. This play here, the Vikings score in overtime, and the F- Saints fans are just incensed. This must be interference. And I said to one of them yesterday, if this was 100% reversed, in other words, if it was your guy catching the ball, would you call it interference? Well, <laughs> you're missing the whole point. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I really am. I don't think I'm really missing the point because reality is, you're arguing from the point of passion, not what actually happened here. So you get this combinational thing here, Rod, of people arguing from passion. This is what I want, was what you said. And getting away from the main point of things, which is we got a really stupid rule here in the NFL. And instead of talking about what we could do about this stupid rule, we're arguing about whether or not it happened or not. Or whether or not, you know, that should have taken place. And this is what I have watched happen over the last, I don't know, three or four days, as the United States of America has taken out the Iranian general, right? Qasem Soleimani, Soleimani, I've missed Soleimani. Soleimani. It's one of those names that, you know... You just say the Iranian general, everybody knows what you're talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> the late. The late. The late Iranian general. <laughs> Have you seen the video of this? There's there's actual video of his car being hit at the uh, airport. Which is bizarre. I mean, it's 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 typical, you know, like you would get a CCD camera, CCTV camera at an uh-huh. airport. And it's just like that. I mean, it's, it's I, yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I saw the, the leftover wreckage that he was driving a Toyota. Right. And if you've looked in the right places, you've seen the actual uh, pictures of the ex general. And I'm not not recommending anybody do that. I'm just saying, unfortunately, sometimes people think, hey, Dave, you'll like to see this. And he sent it to me and <laughs> dumb me because I don't got nothing else to do. I click on it and it's like, dude, what in the world would make you think I want to see that? <laughs> I got a gag reflex that you wouldn't believe. Anyway, point being that he's dead. And the reaction to this has been what? I mean, if you had to generalize the response from either side, how would you how would you characterize it? Uh, overreacting on on uh, once. Actually, both sides are pretty much overreacting. Well, he was a terrorist. Well, no, uh, you know, the, it's our president that made this horrible decision and then just this overreaction all told both sides. Why do you think that is? Because they have a stake in the game. Uh, they have to defend their belief. Which is what? I mean, that's the question. Well, that one, that Trump can't do anything right. Hmm. And so this is a decision he made, and it's to the brink of war. Um, and then the other side, it's to defend Trump's action that, uh, hey, he's our president, and he made this decision. The guy was a terrorist. Okay. So if we go back to what I was talking about just a few moments ago, right? If we go back to that, if this had been Hillary Clinton, if Hillary Clinton had won this game, if Hillary Clinton had taken this guy out, what would be the reaction? It would be 
it would be the same for opposite sides. They would, would both be the extreme do, do you, one in support. Okay. Do you think that Republicans in general who are known to hate, you know, Iranian terrorists would have been as reactive as some of the left has been? I think the media, the conservative media probably would be doing the same thing about talking about uh, how to rein in the president. Uh, they did it under Obama. So. Well, and that's what it comes back to for me is that, because of things like that, because of, well, I'm not, you know, we get tweets from Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan immediately tweeted a, an apology on behalf of you and me to Iran for taking out this general. She apologized for it and said, you know, we're being, we're a terrorist regime. We're being held hostage by a terrorist regime. And, and the only thing I could think of when I was reading this was, who the hell is Rose McGowan? I had no clue who she was. I knew she was an actress, but I did not know who she was. I, I, I only knew her from her recent claim to fame of like starting the Me Too movement. So I like how she, uh, I like how she decorated the Iranian flag with those, these emojis on it. But at any rate, she tweets yeah. that. She tweets that apology. Of course, uh, the uh, Rashid Talib, Rashida Talib, the congresswoman, tweets. A week and night stays silent as this lawless president recklessly moves us closer to yet another unnecessary war that puts innocent lives at risks. At risk. Sorry, I'm adding vowels. Um, then she says something interesting. Congress alone has the authority to declare war, and we must reclaim our responsibility and say no to war with Iran. This was uh, this was probably the mildest tweet that I saw from from the squad, as they're otherwise known. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I forget which one was just, uh, it was, I think it was AOC was just uh, apoplectic that we would do this. And the president was a war criminal and uh, Colin Kaepernick has weighed in on this. I mean, there's good news. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you're not getting anywhere without that. And no. then, and then George Lopez, who is allegedly a comedian, he used to have a TV show. Did you know that the George Lopez show? He's had several TV shows with his name in them somewhere. So right, you'll notice that none of them are still on the air. Oh yeah, um, there was a tweet from Iran, Iran, Iranian, <laughs> Iran. <laughs> Authorities have put a bounty on the American president, Donald Trump's head. Uh, what are your thoughts? And his response was, "Quote: We'll do it for half." Yeah. So, Great. Uh, Mr. Lopez, I gather I don't know because I don't hang around with Mr. Lopez. I don't know what he's doing, but. As I understand it, he is having conversations with the Secret Service now about, is that really what you think you should be saying? And there's. I wish those would leak. <laughs> That's be interesting conversations. Yeah, well, it was a joke. Don't you know? know? He's a comedian. It's a joke. That's, I mean, it's like Ricky Gervais last night. Everybody's going bananas oh, yeah. about Ricky Gervais and the, the, what were they, the Golden Globe Awards? They were. In his speech, and everybody's like, oh, he really hammered it to him. He really hammered it to him. But if you watch the whole thing, he keeps saying, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Don't do this. It's a joke. Don't act that way. It's a joke. And yeah. that's the way they took it. They took it as jokes. They didn't take it as serious. So all these people posting this, Ricky Gervais slams Hollywood actors. No, he didn't. He told them jokes. And that's <laughs> the problem, is that they see it as jokes. Well, that's completely unrelated to what I want to talk about. <laughs> which has to do with 
this argument about the president, Rashid Talib, Rashida Talib. I cannot say her name. I don't know what the deal is with me, but I cannot say her name. I keep wanting to see call her Rashid Talib. Wasn't that a wide receiver? Rashida. Yeah. Talib. Right. Wasn't Rashid Talib a cornerback? For the Broncos? Maybe. That's probably why I keep having this. Anyway, point being that if you drop out the first half of first sentence of her tweet, then she says, Congress alone has the authority to declare war, and we must reclaim our responsibility and say no to war with Iran. And I got to be honest with you, Rod, I read that tweet, and if that has all she said, if that, if you took out the first part of that, which is what I've been saying all along, we got to go uh-huh. through these ridiculous arguments to actually get to the point of what we're talking about. Do I disagree with that? Congress alone has the authority to declare war. I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with it either. That's what it says in the Constitution, Article 1. Congress shall have the power to declare war. It's in the enumerated powers of Congress. Yep. So how do we get to this point then, constitutionally, where... The president of the United States, be he Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, or uh, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, and even to a degree Richard Nixon, can kill an Iranian general or drop a bomb on somebody, fire off some cruise missiles and hit an aspirin factory or whatever, and, you know raid the Mayaguez, any of those kinds of things. How do we get to that point with 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 what Ms. Ms. Talib says? Congress has this authority to do this. What? Where did this all change? What happened here? And that raises the question of implied powers. If the president is the commander-in-chief, does he have the constitutional authority to do something like this? Yay or nay? Well, he's not declaring war per se, but uh, I mean, he is using the military that he is authorized to. Well, to use, but, but isn't dropping a bomb on somebody a, an act of war? I mean, if if that had been General Crystal McChrystal or Petraeus, mm-hmm. and the Iran the Iranians had done that to to General McChrystal or, or or Petraeus, what would our reaction be? Yeah, it's I guess it comes down to, you know, the definition of the target. I mean, when we when we talk about war, we talk about, uh, you know, nation on nation and, and we're justifying this somewhat by saying it's oh, it's just a terrorist. Oh, that general was just a terrorist. He's on the list somewhere. Um, so I guess that justifies that it wasn't like he was in Iran at the time. No, he wasn't. He was in Iraq at the time. He was. Yeah on his way to Iraq. And of course now the Iraqis are saying that, Hey, you lied to us to get him to come out into the open. You, 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 you know, you're, you're doing some things we don't like. And, and it's, it's, it's acting really funky, but it comes again. Those are all side arguments about houses with demons and, and, and prayers and that kind of stuff. And they're all side arguments about should should he have been thrown out of the game and all kinds of because it loses focus on the real issue, which is does the president have the United States under Article Two have the authority to do something like this? Is there an implied power in the Constitution that allows the president to essentially commit? I think we can all agree as an act of war in one way. Or, I mean, 
maybe killing the general isn't, but bombing people? I mean, can yeah. you argue that that's not? I mean, if you're shooting off cruise missiles, isn't that an act of war? It's an overkill of an assassination, basically. Yeah. So how did we get to this point is what it comes down to. I think originally, and I don't think you'd get much argument, I think originally the Constitution understanding of this was pretty clear that the president, this is one of the things that the framers feared was this idea of one man taking the nation to war. The idea of one man being able to being able to say to the nation, hey, we're going to fight, we're going to war because I'm mad about something and I'm going to send your children, your sons, now your daughters into harm's way on my ego. I mean, this is what they accused uh, W. Bush of for his actions in Iraq. Oh, you're just doing it because you're mad about what they did to your dad and blah, 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 or said to your dad or whatever. There's an element to that that makes some sense. But... It comes back to the actions of Congress. I mean, we get into this argument about implied powers every time we talk about it. Implied powers. Are there implied powers in the Constitution? Well, of course there are. To say that there are no implied powers is, I don't want to say ignorant, but it's it's kind of laughable. One of the things the Constitution says is build and maintain a Navy. Right? Does it say anything in the Constitution about how to do that? Nope. And thus you get into these Dafyami type arguments about, well, what exactly does that mean? And so off we go. Congress in 1973 passed a bill. The bill was called the War Powers Resolution. And the problem here was with the, with the heat of Vietnam finally starting to fade away, World War II becoming not a distant memory, but a generation before There was this idea that the world had changed with nuclear weapons now. Things were moving much quicker. And so we've got to authorize the president to act. And so they passed what was known as the War Powers Act of 1973. This allowed the president of the United States by himself, okay, this is the important part, by himself to commit troops on hostile situations, but only for 48 hours, at the end of which he has to tell Congress. (laughs) he can only make a 60-day commitment of troops unless there's a declaration of war or a specific statutory authorization. Underline and bold that. There you go. And every president since the passage of the War Power Act has ended up sending troops into combat without congressional approval. This was an act passed by Congress. Congress, which says in the Constitution, as Ms. Tlaib points out, has the authority to pay to uh, to declare war, Congress passes this law. They send it to Dick Nixon. Dick Nixon says, "Are you insane? This is this is unconstitutional." Veto, and sends it back to Congress. I'm not signing that. And Congress, in its infinite wisdom, in 1973, overrides the veto of the President of the United States and says, "No." We want you to send troops into harm's way, but make sure you tell us within 48 hours if you did it. And you can only do it for 60 days before we declare war or give you a statutory authorization. Do you, you see this convolution yeah. mess here? Yeah. Dick Nixon they was, abdicated. It, they punted is what they did. And you're abdicated, punt, same thing, but well, yeah. not quite the same thing. But anyway, <laughs> you get the idea here. So. 
Donald Trump, who, who, who obviously knows this, tweets out yesterday. These media posts, these media posts, these tweets serve, sorry, <laughs> serve as a notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and fully strike back and perhaps in a disproportionate manner. The exact words that Joe Biden used back in the 80s when he was still just a just a you know, senator before, I guess, he started rubbing people's legs. But uh, such legal notice is not required, but it's given nonetheless. The president has already essentially, via Twitter, notified Congress that if he gets mad, he's going to stop dropping bombs. I don't think that that's what they meant. I'm pretty sure it's not. But then again, I mean, the reaction to this has been pretty amazing if you yeah. if you look at it. So the question then, really, there's there's a whole lot of whole lot of questions that you start looking into uh, with all this. Of course, there's the question of the the authorization. The president says that he was authorized to do this. Why? Because the the authorization for the use of military force, sorry, I'm pushing the wrong buttons again, uh, allows him to do this. This was passed in 2002, the authorization for the use of military force. Very clearly, this is what we've been operating on in Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan since 2002. And it's there's a whole lot of things here about the president has the authority under the Constitution, blah, 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 and all that. But, but this is what they authorize. The president is authorized to use the armed forces of the United States in order to defend the national security of the United States against the continuing threat posed by Iraq and enforce all relevant United States security resolutions regarding Iraq. That's what it says. That's what the entirety of this authorization for the use of military force says from that point. The president argues that he was able then, he's allowed by that, to use that to kill this general. That's his argument. When that went away, then it became a national, when it became clear that, wait, he's Iranian, does that really apply here? Now we're back to, is it just national security issues? I mean, do we just fly around the world and knock off anybody that, that endangers national security? And who decides that? Apparently right now, the president. And that is exactly what the framers did not want to have happen, regardless of whether it's Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or Ronald Reagan. They did not want one person deciding that, but... Congress has passed a law saying that, hey, go right ahead and do it. It's proper. I, I, I think Ms. Tlaib is on the right, you know, idea here when she says we need to, we need to, we need to, we're the ones that need to declare war. But the problem is you live in a world, the 21st century, the 20th century, that may not just be possible anymore. Things move so quickly that by the time you Congress gets around to declaring war, there may not be any war left. You get what I'm saying? Well, and that, and at the speed of cyber attacks and nation on nation cyber attacks, is that an act of war? Yeah, it is. But would, would it, but again, we're so caught up in who is making these decisions and who is doing these things 
that we're no longer paying attention to what the real debate is. If, this is what I, this is. I guess the point I've been trying to make here is that we're so caught up in "I hate Donald Trump, therefore he must be wrong," or "I hate the left, therefore Donald Trump must be right," that we've completely lost track of the fact that, hello, our president, be he who or she whomever they are was given authority by Congress to just start bombing people, and uh, <laughs> we, we have this 2002 use of authorization for use of military force that has been used for now 17 years, 18 years going on, to literally just essentially drag this thing on and on and on with no end in sight. Yep. And War one, without end. I wonder... <laughs> Is there room for a constitutional argument here? Or are we going to get off into the weeds of a daft yami and argue about every little nuance of this whole thing rather than focusing on the fact that one person, one person can do this? And, I, and I'm struggling with that, Rod. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I don't like the left. I don't agree with the left. I don't like the Iranian terrorists. I think that there's a, a lot of, you know, issues here. But again, those are off into the, the depths yeah. of, 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 of the argument as opposed to the real argument, which is, is it really wise to have one person able to do this? I don't think it's wise at all. So what do uh, we in do? Fact, well, I, I think they're going to have to rescind some of what Congress has given to the president. And, and somehow modify it so that he's got to at least notify a committee prior to doing this kind well, of thing? In, in theory, they're supposed to tell select members of Congress, in theory, whether that actually happens or not. I don't know whether the president did or not. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and we're still left with, you guys authorized him to do this. And, yeah. you know, where do you get that back? But I, I my fear is that we're so lost into what in what Rousseau said, hatred as well as love renders its votaries credulous that, that hatred blinds us to the realities of the argument, but so does love blind us in the same way. Love blinds us in the same way. And it, it, there's a, there's an element here that has to be addressed. There's an element here that's got to be looked at. And I'm just not sure that we're doing it. I'm just not sure that we are, willing to look that in the face because instead it's just easier just to uh just to hate somebody or like somebody so much that what difference does it make and yet we'll stand there and go at the same time well the constitution constitution i mean is not what we say on the right and we support and defend the constitution well that means you support and defend it when the guy you like may not be following it as much as when the guys you don't like are right yep <laughs> try not to be so loquacious there <laughs> sorry <laughs> we gotta get going this will get better folks we'll we'll get this smoothed out and we've been on vacation i've been on vacation rod has been working and we're just we're just trying it out so it's just the start but you get the idea you got any questions or comments or complaints you can put them in the comments below or you can email me dave at the dave bowman show.com and i'll be sure to share them with rod bow as well 
Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there, so don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman. This is my show, The Dave Bowman Show, right here on the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. That's Rod Bow over there. He'll be back with us as well. Take care, everybody, and we will see you next time right here on The Dave Bowman Show. The Dave Bowman Show is a Slippery Fish Entertainment production for the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. For more information or to complain about how the show offended you, the text or voicemail number is 209-565-DAVE. For more information about the show, log on to thedavebowmanshow.com. Hey, I'm going to go do something productive. I'm going to go watch television.